We don't develop courage by being happy every day. We develop it by surviving difficult times and challenging adversity. Barbara DeAngelis Hi, everyone. Welcome to episode 18 of Emetophobia Help. I'm Anna Christie. I'm a recovered emetophobic, a licensed psychotherapist specializing in emetophobia, and your host for this podcast. Today, my guest is Bianca Lilborn, who's from uh, a city in Ontario, Canada, and I'm thrilled to have her on today to talk about this very sensitive topic and her experience with it as an emetophobic. Um, Trigger warnings today, this episode is about sexual assault, and therefore there could be many triggers for people who have experienced sexual assault. We also use the word vomit and sick a couple of times, Um, but that's it. No horrible vomit stories or anything like that. Okay, so... Hi, Bianca. How are you doing? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. How are you? (laughs) I'm great. Yeah. Um, Really nice to have you here today to talk about such a sensitive topic and to be willing to share that with our listeners. Um, I, for one, and I probably speak for most people, am very honored that, you know, you will you will share such an intimate story um, because I think it's so helpful to other sufferers and other women. So um, why don't we, I'm just going to hand it over to you because I usually ask people to tell their story of how they got the emetophobia or when it started and what childhood was like for them. And that's kind of your whole story. So, so um, you can just start with, um, you know, start from when you were born and then <laughs> and let us know um, how how this came to be for you. Okay, so it sounds good. Yeah, I, I, um, I like to share my story. And I think it's because I've gone through enough of the trauma counseling and everything like that to be comfortable. I've always been someone who um, when I have it, when I have an issue, I'll talk to, to, to the first person who's going to be available. If it's not my mom, it's my other mom. It's not my best friend. It's my best friend. So I'm a talker. I love to get things off my chest. So that always helps me. Yeah, so, um, but yeah, so my, uh, childhood was amazing. Um, I was, uh, I was adopted when I was two years old. Um, my biological mother had me when she was 17. So she wasn't, uh, wasn't really feeling that she was old enough to be um, a parent, and she had a lot of um, a lot of substance abuse issues. And so, um, I was put into care when I was three months old, and I was adopted by my two mamas uh, when I was two. Um, and um, I had I had a really great childhood. Uh, they only adopted me. We went to um, I've been to Alaska. We went on uh, cruises. We traveled a lot, uh, and I had great family. And my parents had a lot of friends. We had pool parties in the backyard in the summer and stuff. So I always say if there was anything I would change about my childhood, it was that I was be more grateful for what 
what I had. <laughs> um, I remember being a teenager and telling my mom that I didn't want to have a pool party because I always had a pool party because my birthday was in July. And then my mom was like, you need to be more grateful. Like, don't be ungrateful because other kids might not have a pool. And I'd be like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> I wanted to go like bowling or I wanted to go swimming oh. at the indoor swimming pool when I had one available to me in my backyard. <laughs> oh, yeah. That's so true. Like, kids that don't have a pool. A pool is like the, I remember when I was a kid, of course, we didn't have a pool. And it's like a pool. Even if we stayed at a motel, my mom and I used to drive to Nova Scotia from Ontario. Yeah. Um, which if you're listening from another country, uh, that is about a three-day, four-day drive. It's a decent drive. drive. Yeah. yeah. So we'd stay in motels and I would only stay in a motel. I only wanted one with a pool. Yeah. And I had so many friends that would like come over and swim in the pool and they'd be like, I wish I had a pool. And I'd be like, yeah, but you wouldn't want to skim the top off to get the gunk out of the pool every morning. Like, that's what I get to do. Like, I, I'd rather pick up the dog poop in the backyard. <laughs> um, yeah, no, it was it was really funny. But um, my parents are incredible. And um, it's always um, they always also too made sure that I had a male figure in my life, like a, like a, like a really great uncle or something like that. Mm -hmm. uh, Cause I had two moms. I didn't really have that. Um, I didn't have a brother. I didn't have, I didn't have a dad. Uh, but you know what? Everyone always asks like, what's it like having two moms? I was like, what's it like having a mom and a dad? Like, yeah. I don't know, like any different. Exactly. It's just, that's exactly. just my life. And um, it was really great. But um, yeah. So my uh, emetophobia is triggered by, um, by PTSD, or I call it PTSD-based emetophobia. Um, but basically, um, when I was eight years old, um, I was sexually assaulted by my next-door neighbor, um, and he was 23 years old at the time. Um, Jeez. Mm -hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. Um, that, that's terrible. Yeah. I'm sorry, yeah. but that's, yeah. uh, that's, a, that's not like a next-door neighbor boy who's 10 and you're or 12 or something. Yeah. Yeah. This is, yeah. This is, uh, um, I'm yeah. sorry. I interrupted you. Go, go no. ahead. I'm just so, it was so shocking. It's shocking. I know. So he was 23 at the time and he was actually already home on house arrest for another, um, for another charge. I think it was, uh, uh, being, uh, had a, I think he had drugs on him or something like that. And so he was already on house arrest. He was already in big trouble, um, at 23 years old. Um, and basically it was, um, it was a Sunday before church. And, um, I was, I always like to, to please my mom. And she always had this, she had this like mini garden in between the two houses. So, mm -hmm. um, I was like, I'm going to go water her potatoes. <laughs> and so I was all ready for church and they were still getting ready. And, so basically what happened happened and um, actually he was outside for a smoke. So we were just, we were just talking um, and I was little and, and I knew him too because uh, mm -hmm. his sister actually did swimming lessons with me in my backyard in my pool uh, and wow. their parents, um, we combined yard sales and she made his, like his mom made jam, uh, like strawberry. It was so good. It was really good mm -hmm. strawberry jam. I remember. So like we were good and we were, we also lived on a very small cul-de-sac. So like, it was like that just desperate housewives wisteria lane type of situation. Like right. everybody knew everybody right. on this little cul-de-sac. Yeah. Um, yeah. So we knew the family. Yeah, such a, such a betrayal is is what I was going to, you know, the fact that you knew him would have given you a level of trust. And that is yeah, such a terrible exactly. Betrayal. And so basically, what happened happened. And my, um, 
I didn't know what was going on. Um, I, my mom hadn't really taught me of had that, you know, that conversation with me yet. Cause I was, I was young. Um, right. but my body, uh, kicked in and my fight or flight response kicked in. And, um, I actually vomited on, uh, this person and that's how I was able to get away. Um, oh, wow. and yeah, yeah. So I basically went into the house and my mom was like, be new. Is that you? And, and, um, so she calls me Binu uh, from the TV show Tupi and Binu. Um, right. So that's always been our little thing. She went away on vacation one time and left um, Tupi and Binu Valentine little Valentine's Day cards all over the house for me to find. So while she was gone, <laughs> I would be she'd be like, "Love you, miss you, see you soon," or something like that. So I collected all these little Valentines, but mm-hmm. they were Tupi and Binu themed. Um, but anyway, so I remember her coming down and being like, "Binu, is that you?" And I was like, "Yep, that's me." And so she was like, "Okay," and then she just thought something was off. And uh, I sat on the stairs for a couple of minutes and I was like kind of contemplating about what just happened. Um, And uh, being a victim of that situation, I didn't look like I was in very good shape. Um, I had a couple issues going on, but I remember my mom looked down and she was like, she goes, and then I was like, mom, I think this happened. And then she was just like, this look on her face was just like, Oh my God. She was in her bra and underwear because she was getting dressed for church. And she came oh. downstairs and she picked me up and she handed me to Aunt Sharon and said, This just happened. And she threw on mm. her housecoat and she ran downstairs and she knocked on their front door. And it was his dad that opened the door. Um, wow. Yeah. And my mom said, This just happened. And his dad was the one that called the police. Um, I think, I think it's because they were like, yeah, like he's already in trouble. So I, that I'm not going to question that. I I'm pretty sure is that. So, um, so then two police officers showed up one without a being in a, so one in a cruiser with a, like an armed officer. Um, he went, he, they arrested him and another female officer came in, uh, to my parents' house, um, without a uniform on. And, um, so kind of got the, um, a mini statement type of thing. And then, um, uh, my mom and I, we went to the hospital cause you have to get all that legal sticks to stuff done, like that kit mm-hmm. done and everything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. And that's and I don't, traumatic too, isn't it? Yeah. That whole, everything yeah. that goes on after. Yeah. I mean, and that for me too, like yeah. that was kind of, um, like that part, I don't really remember as much mm. I don't really know if I suppressed it but or even if it was just it was just such a blur it was just all of this happened within like it just felt like right. a, it was a tornado that just went through and bing bam boom and then like like whew, it was crazy day well you would have been in shock um yeah while you were there so memory is the last thing your brain's worried yeah, about yeah exactly yeah. too so and then uh, I remember a couple days later I don't actually, I have no idea the timeline. I don't think it was a couple of days, but I remember going to uh, the police station uh, to give my statement because I was so young. They didn't want me to appear physically in court uh, and right. also given the situation. So I remember there was um, two chairs and a table and a third chair in the corner and all the chairs were bolted to the ground um, and there's a camera um, up in the corner as well. Um, and I remember um, my mom was allowed to be there, but she wasn't allowed to say anything. Uh, 
but she was allowed to be there because I was a minor. And then the police officer came in and it was another female out of uniform. And I also remember Mm -hmm. too, that when I was walking into the police, the police station, every officer that was there, that would have been in my direction, they were also out of uniform. So I, Mm -hmm. it's almost like, it's almost like they knew that, you know, this case is coming in. And I really appreciated right. that. Like I always, I obviously didn't take any attention to it when I was a kid. Like I just like, yeah. hello, yeah. right? But you know, it was something that my mom had noticed, and she was really grateful for that. That they were so um, understanding and supportive. Um, so, anyways, yeah. So I gave my statement, and um, they had me color. So they said, you know, what did you do here? And I said, well, I was here, and the garage was here, and and then then my mom had her pussy willow tree, and I jumped like two jumps here and then I ran away and then I was covered in this stuff and blah, 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 blah. blah. And that's how I just kind of drew my, Mm -hmm. my picture. Um, And I also remember too, when I left the police station, they asked me if I wanted to have a teddy bear Um, and they had this big bucket of teddy bears, like, you know, those old, those big, huge rubber things with like the thick rope handles stuffed stuffed (laughs) full of teddy bears. And my mom's like, well, do you want one? I said, sure. Um, but I dug down to the very, 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 very bottom of that thing. Because I said, I I bet you there's that teddy bear down there that's been waiting to go home with somebody for a really long time. And they just put all the new teddy bears on top. So Uh I wanted to get the teddy bear that had been waiting for a really long time. So I dug, 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 dug down to the bottom. Um, and I grabbed this teddy bear and they were all the same. All the teddy bears were exactly the same, (laughs) exactly the same, (laughs) (laughs) all the same, no different. Every single one of them was the same. And, um, it was, um, so I was born in, I was born in Chatham, um, -hmm. at Chatham, Kent. And so eight year old me named this teddy bear so creatively CK. Oh, um, oh, nice. Yeah. CK, yeah. as in Chatham Kent. CK. As in Calvin Klein, no? Um, sure. <laughs> Calvin Klein, Calvin sure. I guess. Well, when I was mad at CK when I was a kid, he got CKPS, which meant Chatham Kent Police Station. So he oh, got his full oh, name when funny. I was mad at him when I was a kid. Um, and oh. funny enough, I actually still sleep with CK. Yeah, um, that's yeah, great. That's I great do. That, I that do. Is, they offer children something like that, and that you responded so positively to it, and yeah. it hasn't become a bad memory for you. But a yeah, comfort, that's yes. Great. It's yeah. funny. My husband, you know, I asked my husband. I said, I don't know if you think this is weird, but I am. I'm 25, and I still sleep with my teddy bear. And he's like, "Is that weird?" And he's like. No, that's not weird. And I was like, okay, cool. <laughs> it's settled because, and it's not, it's honestly, right. I think it's just more because I've been so used to having my arm crooked that it just, because yeah. I always crooked them into my arm and I was sleeping. Uh-huh. It's just, it's always just been a thing and it's in a habit now. So yeah. um, he's in good condition still. That's I made sure okay. I took really good care yeah. of him. <laughs> You're allowed that, that's for sure. Um, but anyways, what ended up happening was, um, so they showed my video in court and he con- he confessed, he admitted that. So he pleaded guilty. Um, and then he got all of eight months in jail. And then. That's um, obscene. Yeah. That's absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Because that, oh, he was on house arrest for like a drug charge. His yeah. dad wasn't, his dad was not surprised that he was also a pedophile. Like that doesn't make any sense. Like I, yeah. I think. I'm pretty shocked about the second one and that, you know, guys like that, they reoffend. I mean, it doesn't get 
you can't fix pedophilia in eight months in jail. Yeah, yeah, I know exactly. And so, but his parents actually ended up bailing him out as soon as he was eligible for bail and he moved moved back in beside my parents house to his parents house so um that's awful yeah the rest of my childhood playing outside it was really hard like I I couldn't play um in the driveway uh because he would look at me from the garage window um and just stare at me and so I ended up playing only in the backyard uh I couldn't play chalk on the driveway or I couldn't go on my scooter Mm -hmm. or something like that because he would just stare at me. Um, And then when I was 10, uh, my mom got a job offer um, in a different city. And that was a really good um, reason to be able to move. And so we moved and then we've been, we've been where I am ever since. Uh, So, so yeah, I I finished elementary school and high school Mm -hmm. and uh, went to college and everything like that here. So, um, so yeah, it was uh, definitely a crazy what year worth of situation. Um, yeah. And ever and since, so, yep. Go, go ahead. ahead. Yeah. No, that was my question. So go ahead. Uh, so with, ever since, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So ever since that, um, I've had, uh, I, I had developed emetophobia, and it had been, mm-hmm. it only gets triggered when I get a tummy ache. And uh, for good reason, I get a tummy ache, I get flashbacks, and I go back to where where I was. And it was only the situation. It wasn't the rest of it. It wasn't the police visit. It wasn't this. It wasn't the getting arrested. It was actually the feeling of what was happening. And mm-hmm. um, there's been times where I've been in a panic, and it's been so, uh, it felt so real that as I'm panicking, you can hear me saying like, ow, 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 ow. And I like wince up and oh, I and I clench. No. Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so that was really hard when I was, uh, when I was a kid and especially when, um, I hit puberty and I, and I got my period for the first time. So when I had like period cramps and everything like that, boom, panic attack, um, anything around that sort of situation, like, uh, I would be too full from Thanksgiving dinner or something like that. I would panic. Yeah. Yeah. So recent years though, my panic attacks have been triggered by, um, having a tummy ache, but mm-hmm. I'm not, I'm not getting flashbacks anymore. Um, okay. Or not every time. You've had some counts, trauma counseling. I think you were telling me. Yeah. So they put me, um, so I started, I got, I went into counseling right away as soon as I was at, after the assault. Um, and some sessions were provided by, um, the community and everything like that. So I remember mm-hmm. doing, um, I think it was CBT, but mm-hmm. I don't really remember too much about it. I honestly just remember playing with sand. <laughs> they had that like right. molding sand stuff. And yeah. because I was so little, right, when I had the counselor, it was like I was in a toy yeah. room and I would talk to them. I'd yes. be like, oh, yeah, I'm playing with the toys. And yeah, this happened. And oh, I'm that makes me feel angry. And I would just I don't really remember yeah. too much. I really remember playing with sand because I thought it was cool. It felt yeah. cool. <laughs> Um, well, it's, it's actually, it's not CBT. It's something called um, play therapy. Which okay, is so maybe that's what really it was amazing. then. You know, if, if anybody listening has children that go through a traumatic situation, play therapy, there are registered play therapists in Canada. I'm sure it's true in other countries in the world. And it's really very cool. There are a bunch of toys. They look like toys, but they actually kind of record. What are you taking off the shelf to play with? And okay, what are you yeah. saying and what are you doing? You know, and you're processing this trauma 
through the toys, which is easier than talking about it. Right. yeah, yeah. And, and it was like it was that that was that kinetic sand sand that yeah. stuff like that ASMR yeah. sand stuff. It was that right. stuff, and I just remember yeah. playing with this stuff. And and I remember too, I had the option between uh, like there was different uh, rooms, and I always mm-hmm. wanted to go to the the room that had the sand in it. And then okay. so I remember too, like my counselor. I'm actually her name was Anna, which is really funny because oh. your your name's Anna. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. And I, and she was actually, um, she actually was a member of, of the congregation at my parents' church. So even speaking to her too, I still felt comfortable as well because I knew her from the congregation. Um, and, uh, and I remember like we would be talking and then I would kind of like lose my trail. And then uh, she's like, well, let's go to the room. And I was like, oh yes, I wanted to go there before. Like I wanted to go there from the beginning. (laughs) So I just, I still remember that sand and I wish I could find some, but as soon as the ASMR thing with like the slime and the sand blew off the shelves and I can't find it anymore. (laughs) Oh, right. Um, but, uh, but yeah, but I haven't had any sort of, um, counseling, counseling for my anxiety. It's been really hard to try and get in. So, Mm um, so yeah, so basically, um, my, yeah, what's it like for you now? Like how, how does yeah, it get triggered yeah, so, and how bad is it? So it was my tummy aches themselves aren't bad. I've never had a stomach bug or anything like that. Like not knock on wood, <laughs> but basically, um, my panic attacks are, are getting worse now. And it's like my, my tummy stops hurting and then I'm still panicking three hours later. And I'm like, why am I panicking? Like what's going on? Mm-hmm. Um, but kind of a, 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 a short backstory is I was with my ex fiance for just shy of seven years and he had a lot of, um, health conditions, uh, physical, um, ailments and everything. Um, he had cancer when he was 14. Um, so from the chemo, um, he's got a lot of, uh, residual side effects from everything that happened. Um, and so basically, um, we started dating, after after the chemo treatments and everything started uh sorry after that happened um right and so um as our relationship progressed he he had a couple other situations that that came up where he ended up needing to be on oxygen um and so um i spent a lot of time making sure that um, he was dressed. He had had a shower. Um, he's eaten his food. The house was clean uh, because we had oxygen. I had to make sure that the house was pretty, pretty clean, um, of course. And um, our dog, uh, Dory, um, who I got actually, she's actually laying beside me right now. Um, I got Dory after after we split, and that's what we discussed. But she was she would help and go to the fridge and 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 she would pull on the door and get a, get a drink or help him with his pills or something like that. Um, That's yeah, but I could only work part-time. So I would have to make sure that if I wasn't, if I was at work, someone else was there making sure that he was okay. Um, right. So whenever I had a, had a tummy ache or had a panic attack, it got almost like I didn't have time. Like I was, it was like, I don't have time for this because I got to make sure this is done. I got to keep the laundry going and the dishes going and blah, 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 blah. And so, my panic attacks were few and far between. I would just have a tummy ache and then be like, I'd have like a mini, like 20 second panic or a, okay, maybe not 20 seconds. It, it mm-hmm. felt like 20 seconds, but it was probably more like 15, 20 minutes, which is significantly shorter than what it is now. 
Um, and okay. I think it's because my fight or flight response was suppressed because I was like, hey, we don't have time to panic because we got to get all this stuff done. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. It's a it's a temporary fix in a yeah. sense to yeah. just distract oneself or to be busy in you know yeah just be busy doing exactly things. exactly it, it so then it doesn't it doesn't yeah. exactly so then we split um and it was a mutual split um and so no hard feelings were there and he's doing well um he's still actually he's still at home and everything like that I don't really get too much updates anymore but that's okay it's expected um mm -hmm. but then I met my absolutely incredible husband Sean and he is I feel like I got so lucky um he's an incredible person um and he's very supportive um and he's a, nice. he's a he's a mama's boy and he's the only <laughs> only he's the only boy he's the youngest of three sisters and oh so gosh. i remember yeah so he's i remember used to being ordered around then you could probably uh, yeah. Order him around. <laughs> yeah. And he's, he's also used to girls too. So I remember yeah. telling him, I was like, you know, when you meet my parents, like, just so you know, you don't have a mama bear and a papa bear. You got two mama bears to go through. Like you have to go yeah. through two. Like I am their little cub. And he was like, <laughs> easy. <laughs> and then I was like, okay, buddy, you know, like let's, you know, dimmer, simmer down the confidence there. And he like, blew their socks off and and they I'm love sure. him too so yeah. um but anyways he's extremely supportive and then when i told him about my uh my emetophobia this very complex anxiety because you know you tell people this vomiting really terrifies me and then you get the oh my gosh me too so there's one time i was at a party and blah 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 and i was like no 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 this yeah. is so different <laughs> this is it way is. different yeah. no 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 this is not scared of spiders this is no this yeah. thing <laughs> so it's always funny um but uh so yeah so i think because my life completely changed um, I'm able to work full time now uh, when I wasn't before. Um, and Sean, Sean is the, the, the breadwinner, I guess. So he, he works, um, often. So even though I work full time, he works afternoons. So if I work like nine to five and he's working like two to midnight, so mm -hmm. I have a lot more time now, um, free time, right. um, right. cause I'm not taking yeah. care of somebody. So when I have a tummy ache now, my brain's like, we got so much time now yeah. for you oh, to, to fly you have so much yeah. time now so now my anxiety attacks are like five six hours long and my tummy ache is tummy stopped hurting like an hour ago and now i'm just i keep spinning and i'm like i'm i kind of even say and i get frustrated and i get mad at myself and i was like bianca your tummy doesn't even hurt anymore like what is going on? And, mm -hmm. and I remember I couldn't figure out like all of my grounding techniques and my, um, you know, all of those, you know, look at five, five things in the room that you can see and right. all that kind of yeah. stuff. I was like, after five hours of doing that, like it's not helping. Yeah. And yeah. my best friend is actually a trauma counselor as well. She's got her master's degree. And so she's also actually a really supportive friend. And I said, Clarissa, like, you know, life is great. I have an incredible husband. Um, I have an amazing family and support system and I have great friends. And even through this lockdown, I've still, I, I didn't, I, I didn't get depressed or anything like that. And I, and, um, I made the best out of it and I've always been me. I always, they say like, I, those people will say, Bianca, not everything is unicorns and rainbows. And I was like, it can be, if you look at it from that perspective, <laughs> I'm a very positive 
glass overflowing yeah. with happiness. Like here's my rainbows and stuff. And my friend, my friend actually sometimes says, she goes, Bianca, I can't handle your positivity right now. I want to be grumpy. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Little did they know that behind you know? those doors, you're panicking for, you know, exactly. hours on Exactly. End. So, we, so, ne- we never know about people. We really Right, don't. right. So yeah. I remember my friend had told me, like my friend who's a trauma counselor, she goes, well, it's because you su- your fight or flight response was suppressed and you've had that anxiety for so long. It's just, it had been covered up. And then now you have all this extra free time and then you're happy going. Your brain's like, listen, you got all this free time to panic. Did you forget about me? You didn't forget about me. And then that's what happens. Um, so it's this crazy thing that's happening now. And, um, yeah, like I, I also remember too, um, and I've heard this other people share in their podcasts as well. I vomited for the first time with Sean. Um, and <laughs> I remember him saying to me and he goes, you panicked less when you actually vomited than you did when you don't. And I was like, yeah, I know. It's true. I That's know true. it's so true because yeah. yeah, after it ends up happening, it's really not that bad. <laughs> no, it isn't. And you know, you need to write that down on a little card. It's really right. not that bad. You know, yeah. I, I yeah. have, I write it on a sticky note when I, and everybody, all my clients and I ask them, what was the first thought you had right yeah. after you were actually sick? And, and then I write that on a sticky note and I stick it at the front of their file so that I can remind them later you yeah. know that, yeah no it's true it's it's because vomiting isn't the problem anxiety is the panic problem. it's a panic yeah. and for me and, too it's like you know you know when you're going to get sick right. it's easy it's easy yeah. like you know right it's just i know a majority of the time that i'm not going to get sick when i'm panicking i might have like yeah you know, the little bit of the poops or something like that, yes, but I'm right. not going to have any of it. That. I, yeah. like, I like how you whispered that into the, <laughs> I can see, I can see Bianca, but she can't see me for some reason. Uh, so no, sorry. I, that, that does just really funny. Yes. And everyone does. Everybody does. Yeah. That's why I make jokes about you. You know, I was so scared. I pooped my pants or, you know, all those jokes. Right. Yeah. But, yeah. Uh, yeah. So that, So that's exactly that is that like, I know in my head, when my anxiety gets triggered, I'm like, uh, you're not you're not gonna get sick. So like, I don't know why you're panicking. My brain's like, yes, but I have to panic. And I'm like, no, you don't girl like brain, like, let's Mm -hmm. let's just chill for a second. And I find myself too, when I'm really anxious, I love to be cold, like, freezing cold. Yeah, yeah. Winter is my favorite time to Mm -hmm. have a panic attack because I will literally go outside and stand in the snow on my bare feet. Like I love to, like, it's like that shocking, that like shock your system to like distract yourself. My problem is, is when I want to be cold, I'm, I'm shivering and I'm shivering Mm -hmm. because I'm cold, but then I need to be like, okay, well, what's, what's where your anxiety is when you tighten everything up. So it's Mm -hmm. like, I have this catch 22 where I'm cold, but then I also need to, I need to roll my shoulders back. I need to untense, like unclench all of my abs. And so like when I'm panicking, I know what I need to do, but it's like getting there now is the hardest part. So I'm trying to get in, uh, to get some CBT, um, actually done. Uh, I was going to say, if if I can, I mean, I could sit here and listen to you for another half hour easily. (laughs) 
You're very interesting. And you, you're such a lovely person. You certainly didn't deserve what happened to you at all. And neither did your two moms. They did not, you know, they didn't deserve uh, to have that happen to their child who I'm sure they protected as, you know, as much as anybody would. Right. Yeah. Um, oh my gosh. Yeah, for sure. I think that, you know, the, the one thing I want to kind of give you is that you were in your earliest years, you, you know, I, okay, what I'm, I'm stumbling along with my words here. What do I <laughs> want to say? I think there is more to it than the sexual assault. And I'll tell you why, because you were born, you were with your mother for three months. Then suddenly you were put in foster care and your mother disappeared off the face of the earth, you know, right. your birth mother, your birth yeah. mother. You don't remember it, but your body remembers that. Like mm. there's your body will remember it for and then then at two years of age, those foster parents disappeared off the face of the earth when you you know, when you got in with your your moms and your moms sound great. I was um, moved to sure 18 they, different foster homes. Oh from, my god. Yeah. Well, exactly. Okay. So you had and and what we used to think 25 years ago was that, oh, you don't remember any of that, so it doesn't matter, when in mm -hmm. fact it matters very much because... Well, I was actually really sick as a baby too. Um, I had really, really, really bad asthma. Uh, oh. Like I would have like asthma yeah. attacks on a, on a ventilator. And back in the 90s, uh, it was okay to smoke in your house still. And that wasn't a, a thing right. that didn't mean you couldn't be a foster parent. So I, right. got, I got moved around from from house to house to house uh -huh. uh, because they would be smoking and they'd be like, okay, well, got to find a new home yeah. for you. And that's what happened. Yeah. So yeah. I had a lot of hospital yeah. visits too, because I would, I would have a panic. I would, uh, an, an asthma attack, like a very severe one. So maybe, maybe stuff yeah. happened I those think, times. Well, and I think that, I mean, the thing with sexual assault that is that the child, you know, this is a huge understatement, but the child feels very unsafe at that moment. And in fact, they are unsafe at that moment. They are in danger at that moment. Um, but what it does, even when that was happening to you at eight years of age, is your body would flash back to when you were one year of age or three months or whatever, you know, where mm. you were not feeling safe because you never knew who, where your next mother was coming from. Mm -hmm. So, and when that happens, that's really the core of the, of PTSD. Mm -hmm. um, so you did get a double whammy there. You know, you mm. really did. And I'm sorry that happened to you. Uh, the good news is that with emetophobia, it doesn't really matter the cause or how we came to get it because the treatment is the same. Yeah. So, you know, you don't have to dig up all of that stuff there. I mean, it's help, uh, you know, if you want to spend a bunch of money and buy a therapist, a car, uh, you can, you can spend a long time, you know, digging up that stuff from the past and it'll be very helpful, but you don't need it to get through over the emetophobia. You know, right. you just need a good CBT therapist. Right. Well, and that's great. what we're hoping to, I'm actually actively going to try and seek uh, CBD therapy, uh, because Sean and I are actually hoping to, to have a baby this year. Um, oh, and wow. so I really, I really want mm -hmm. to, uh, so I'm not pregnant yet, but it's, it's something yeah. that we're hoping to, uh, have 
in like the the near future. We want to early we want an early 2022 baby. So we're yeah, it's, it's in yeah. the process that we're actually uh, doing these things to try and get our bodies ready and myself ready. And the big thing for me was like. I want to make sure that I have a support system and I want to be able to be there for, for our child. And I was like, Sean, if I've got morning sickness, like good luck. So I knew for me that this was a stepping stone that I needed to take in order to make sure that I have a happy pregnancy and a healthy pregnancy. Um, And I wanted to have that counseling Mm -hmm. or that CBT therapy in place uh, before we get pregnant. So yeah. Well, you're going to make a, a great mother and, and don't be surprised if when you hold that little baby in your arms, that some of that body feeling from when you were a baby may come flooding back to you. And um, if anything like that happens, you just, just email me or text me or whatever, if you're not <laughs> under the care of a therapist at the time. Uh, Anna, do you remember when you said, um, you know, and right now I feel, yeah, that's fine. Because um, <laughs> I think you're going to make a wonderful mother. You are a delightful person. It's been wonderful. It's been Thank a great you honor. so much. Thank you so Happy much. I, I hope wonder. my story is able to um, be help somebody else one it's day or maybe someone will hear it <laughs> we're getting eventually we get about 300 downloads per episode now oh so wow that's, that's amazing people, you know it's a big commitment i think to listen to something 30 30 minutes long or so once a week um, <laughs> so but i i'm very thankful for our listeners um all, okay well you take care thank um, you so much Yasha thanks for having me okay, awesome bye-bye. thank you bye now And also a big thank you to all of you who are listening. We have now had over 5,000 podcast downloads, which I think is just absolutely awesome. Um, There are costs associated with the podcast. So if you like it, you find it helpful, you can buy me a coffee. Just scroll down to the bottom of the notes on this episode and you'll see the link right there to buy me coffee, which I think is pretty cool. Uh, And thank you to so many people who have bought me coffee um, last year. That's really great. I encourage you also to go to my website at emetophobiahelp.org. It has a ton of information for emetophobics and all the resources you need as a therapist to treat emetophobia with traditional CBT. So that's emetophobiahelp.org or just Google emetophobia help. And I will talk to you next week.